Let's open up to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. Mark chapter 10, verse 42 through 45. If you're there, would you all stand as we receive the word of God? Here's the word of God. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. God, this is your word. We pray that you will speak to us. And as our hearts are open and humble to receive your truth, encouragement, correction, may you... Uh, Truly, your will be done in our hearts and minds. God, I pray that you will be with me as I deliver your message. May you be glorified. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the topic of our Sunday message today, this morning, is serving. Serving. Serving is our calling. As Christians, as brothers and sisters in the body of Jesus Christ, serving is our calling. Serving, then what is it? What is serving? So I like to do definition, not the biblical definition sometimes, but definition of dictionary. Serving, by definition, is performing certain duties or carrying out certain services for another person or an, another organization. That's what service is. Performing certain duties or carrying out certain responsibilities or services for another person, for a group of people. This morning, for you to sit where you are, to participate in this time of worship, the Sunday worship service, do you realize that you have been served already? Do you realize for you to sit where you are, to have this worship experience, you have been served? We have a deacon from Good Shepherd Baptist Church who would uh, walk through the areas, which they do not use, but we use here as well as upstairs, and would turn on the heaters. He would do so so that we would have a comfortable space for our time of worship. There was a person who purchased our refreshment this morning and brought it to us. There was a person who made coffee for all of us. There was a person who realigned the chairs this morning. There was a person who put out our church signs. There was a person who greeted you and handed you a bulletin for you this morning. 
There was a person who prepared slides of songs and Bible verses. There were people who came early to practice songs for your time of singing. There is a person who is looking after your little ones. There were people who invested their Saturdays, precious to some, for the past three weeks to prepare this building to be presentable for your Sunday worship experience. You have been served. You have been served. I hope you realize that. Someone performed certain duties, certain services for you. Folks, when you are invited to a backyard barbecue, when you get a call, hey, I'm throwing a party, I'm going to have a barbecue, why don't you come on Saturday afternoon at this time? What do you say? What, what do you say? Do I have to say something? At least I do. What do you say? What can I bring? What can I bring? Usually, that's how I was raised, and I hope I raised my children in that way. When you are invited, what do you say? What can I bring? And when you arrive, what do you say? What do you mean? Usually, I would think, I might be in different generation from you, but usually what you will say is what? Is there anything I can do? Can I help? Can I help? Some of you are looking at me like an, an alien here. Are we serious? Think about it. My friends, church, Grace Point. That same type of attitude, the attitude of service should be in your church, in our church. That attitude has to permeate every part of the local body of our Lord Jesus Christ because the idea of serving is very much natural part of our Christian walk because it is at local church, it is in the real tangible body of Jesus Christ, it is with the brothers and sisters who share same faith with you and receive the same spirit. We the Christians, the followers of Jesus, should exercise our gift of serving. Because unlike the popular belief, the local church is more about serving one another than benefiting from good programs, good uh, curriculums, the mes messages, or songs and dramas and performances. Why? Because serving is our calling. Because I believe God created each and every one of us with a unique set of talents or skills. When you and I asked Jesus into our lives, we were given talents, gifts, at least one. At least one. I tell you, at least one. See how I'm emphasizing this? Because over my experience and career, whatever you call it, for my ministry, being a pastor, I've heard otherwise. I don't know what it is. God didn't give me anything. 
But I tell you, when you ask Jesus into your lives, you have received something because you are part of the body, and the body plays a critical, unique role. The part of the body does. We were given these gifts in the anticipation that we would use them to build up the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because service is our calling. Serving one another, serving the Lord, serving one another is our calling. Can I get an amen? But folks, here's a myth. The myth that many Christians believe in the church is that we are not qualified. I'm not qualified to serve in the church. I'm not qualified. Again, over 20 years of my experience, part-time and full-time since 2007, 20-plus years of my experience, you know how many times I heard? whether from my youth group, whether from my college group, whether from my single adults, young adults, and all the way up to 60s and 70s, I have consistently heard, Pastor, I am not qualified to serve in the church. I'm not ready, I heard that too, to serve in the church. But the last time I checked, in the Gospels, in the Acts. It was with a bunch of nobody, a bunch of fishermen, tax collector, not so educated, not so prominent members of the community. Jesus turned the world upside down. Did he not? Not qualified? Not educated? Not ready? Church, I tell you, it doesn't take a degree for you to impact someone's life, right? D.L. Moody, barely graduated high school. I know a pastor who did not go to uh, uh, just regular accredited seminary, but she is the one that I respect the most. It doesn't take a degree for you to impact someone's life and change and transform, bring fruits out of their lives. It doesn't take a Bible scholar to teach kids in the children's ministry. You don't have to have barista experience to make coffee for Sunday. You don't even need a seminary degree, degree in theology in order for you to lead a small Bible study. Once again, what is serving? Serving is performing big or small duties and responsibility for another person. Not for you, another person, another group of people. That's serving. So that means it isn't about the specific group of people. It's not about just the pastor, the elders, or the leaders. Again, the Bible says everyone who is called in Christ must serve the Lord and serve one another. Because it isn't about how much you can do. It, is, it isn't about what you can do and how you can contribute. Because serving isn't about you at all. It's not about you. 
Serving is all about your relationship with your Lord and Savior. So you serve Him and you lead others to Him. That's service. Amen? Serving is our calling. So, obviously your pastor is preaching topical sermon. Topical sermon. That's not my forte. I I feel nervous about topical sermons. But here is the topical sermon. And then the topic is serving, service, and I'm going to share with you three points. First point about serving is this. The basis for serving is the cross. The basis, the foundation of your service to another or group of people is what? The cross. That is the basis of your service. The reason for anyone to do what they do for others or a group of people for the body of Jesus Christ on any given Sunday is because what Jesus did for you on the cross. Amen? That is the only basis, only reason why you do what you do for the body. As followers of Jesus Christ, I don't know whether you realize this, as we follow Jesus Christ, because we are his disciple, we are his followers, right? Do you realize that we are following a servant? Do you realize that we are following a servant? It is important for you and I to understand that Jesus served us. He came to serve us. He came to serve us uh, the most important need that we have, which was what? Our sin problem. To satisfy the need, our desperate need, he went to the cross and he gave his life for us so that we could be forgiven, we could be restored, so that we could be in a relationship with God the Father. Therefore, once we have received the gift of salvation, what's so important? It's important that our response must be, how can we serve my Lord now? The response, after you receive the gospel, invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, the one and only response is, how do I serve the Lord? How do I serve the King? How do I serve His kingdom that I belong to? How can I be like Jesus? He came to do what? To serve you then the automatic question is, how can I serve like Jesus? Because service is our calling, just like our Lord. See, everywhere I went, whether it was San Antonio, whether it was Virginia, unfortunately, there is always someone in the church who feels pretty important. I feel important. Maybe they really know the Bible inside and out, cover to cover. Maybe they actually went to seminary. Actually, this is the only church that I don't have anyone sitting in the you know, pews that does not have seminary degree. Every stop I had, I had a seminary trained people sitting in the pews. Maybe they are important, really, at, at their profession. Maybe they are CEOs. Maybe they are executives somewhere. But these people that I experienced, they simply don't, feel that they need to serve because they feel serving is beneath them. 
It's not for me. Unless you give me something that is, that is worthwhile for my time. Unless you give me something that is suitable for my talent. But look at what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 43. This is our Lord speaking. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave, the servant of everyone else. For even the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, the Son of God, the Messiah himself, even Jesus came not to be served, but served us. He came to free us. He came to save us. Every time we understand that he gave his life as a ransom for us, every time you read the gospel, every time you're reminded of how you are saved, who Jesus is to you, how he served you, freed you, my friend, that must be the basis, encouragement for you to serve. Amen? If you understand cross, you serve. The basis, the reason why we must serve Jesus and his precious church that he purchased with his own body and blood. Because serving is our call. Amen? Second point. The barrier now. Not the reason, not the motive. Uh, excuse me, not the reason, not the basis, but the barrier to serving is selfishness. Barrier to serving is selfishness. For that, Galatians 5.13. I want us to read that. Paul said, Galatians 5.13, he says this, For you were called... To freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Paul saying to the Galatian church, do you understand that you are called to freedom? That you are called in Jesus Christ to live in freedom. In Christ. We're called to live freely. Amen? But Paul warns us. Yes, you are. In Christ, you have this freedom, the domain, dominion of darkness, the Satan, the entanglement of sin does not hold you, enslaves you. You are free. Now, in your freedom, Paul warns us simply not to be selfish. Do not use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature. He's simply saying, please, my brothers and sisters, as free people in Christ, don't get caught up in yourselves. Just because you have been set free from your old life, that really doesn't give you any right to do Whatever you want. Don't use or abuse your freedom. This newfound freedom in Christ. 
for you to be selfish, for you to, which means serve yourself. You see, number one reason why people don't serve the Lord and his church is what? What do you say? What, what have you heard? I've heard over the years, the number one reason is I don't have time. I don't have time. And then the second one might be, I, I don't have energy. I don't have time. I don't have energy. But is that really true when you think about it? Is that true? You don't have time. You don't have energy. You really don't have time, huh? You really don't have energy. But you see, the reason why you don't have time or energy to serve others, the body of Jesus Christ or the Lord himself, is because we are preoccupied with ourselves. You're just occupied with your own to-do list, your agendas, your dreams, your comforts, and your pleasures. It, it's me, myself, I. We do have time because you do have time to work and you do have energy to go to work. You have time and energy for other things in your life that happens that you deemed important, you deemed necessary. Guess what? You will make time. You will make necessary energy in order, in order for you to do what you want. But when it comes to the need of others, brothers and sisters, we simply don't have time. We simply don't have energy. And for that, Paul, this very thing is not a 21st century problem. This existed back in the early church as well. Otherwise, Paul would not have said what he just said here in Galatians, don't you think? Why? Because it's selfish being, maturing and transforming into selfless being, growing, maturing into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the servant leader. Paul's message in Galatians is just pretty simple. Look, you are free. You are absolutely free. Free from your sin. Free from the burdens of this world. Free from worries of this world. How? This is what Christ has done. He called you, placed you in himself, and covered you with his blood. You're free. Why did he free you? So that now you are free to get to work, free to serve the Lord, free to serve one another. The barrier to serving is selfishness, self-centeredness. Here's the last one. The reason for serving, the basis for serving, is the cross, and secondly, the barrier to serving is selfishness. Now, the motive. The motive for serving is love. Look at Galatians 5.13 again. 
Paul says, do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful, selfish nature, but instead use your freedom to serve one another in love. What's the opposite of selfishness? Selflessness. The opposite of serving your own self is selflessness, but if you're selfless in the context of, in the relationship with God, in the gospel, it is loving God and loving others. The opposite of selfishness is loving God and loving others. What is the greatest command? Jesus was once asked. What is the greatest command, Rabbi? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind. Jesus said, this is what your God desires out of you. He calls you to love him first. And when you love him, you love him with everything you've got. He gave you new life. He gave you new purpose. And he freed you from your selfish way, your sinful ways. And now he commands you to put him first. Love him with everything you got. The greatest command. The second greatest. Jesus said, love others. Love the Lord. Love your God with everything you got. And then you love others as yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. How do you love others? You love them, you serve them. You love them, you cook. You love, you clean for them. You love, you look after them. You love, you serve these people you love. You serve them by performing these big or small tasks for them. That's how you love. That's how you show. Why? Because you love them. For their comfort, for their pleasure, you do what you do. This is how you love others. But the point of these greatest commandments is not just about doing, not just about serving, but the point is love. Because God is far more interested in why you serve others. He's far more interested in why are you doing this? He's far more interested in the very fact, the reason, the motive behind the actions you took in order to serve these people. Serving is not about what you can do for someone or how you can uh, really, truly give something. But serving is about why you do it for them. Why? You know that word burnout? You use that word, phrase, burnout, because when that love disappears, you burn out. In any marriage, in any relationship, any friendship, as you serve one another mutually, care for one another, as that love fizzles, it just becomes hard. It becomes work. It's insane. Crazy. You can't do this anymore. And when you love and perform these things without love, 
Just like Jesus loved us, Jesus served us. If you do these things for others and if you serve them without love, it feels empty. It, it just feels fake. feels insincere. And I even say it is ineffective. Stop. Just, just stop. You don't have to do this. You already feel the dryness. The serving is not about what you can do for someone, but how you love that someone. Serving is about why you do this for them. The motive. The motive. Three points. The basis of your serving is the cross. The barrier that you might have in serving is selfishness. The motive for your service is love. Church, the truth is we are most like our Lord Jesus. We are most resembling the image of Jesus Christ when we are serving others. Can I get an amen? You look like Jesus when you are serving. You look like Jesus, not when you are evangelizing or reading your Bible, praying. As a pastor, I tell you, when you serve, you look the most like your Lord Jesus. In the New Testament, the expression of a mature Christian, that phrase of mature, respected Christian, especially in the Acts as well, is never about how much that person knows the knowledge this person accumulated, but rather this Christian maturity is always about how this one is serving. Look, any designation in the gospel, in the New Testament, in the Acts that is given to these specific men and women that they are mature, that their faith is advanced, these people are serving others. And the reason why they learn more and more about our Lord Jesus Christ, the more they accumulate the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the reason for that is because they're going to be empowered to serve like he did. That's the reason why we study the Bible. That's the reason why you want to be inspired by the Lord Jesus. So that we can serve like him. That's how the church becomes profoundly impactful. That's how your life as Christ follower becomes impactful in, at your home, at your workplace, at your church, in your community. Moved by the cross. Sanctify, mature by selflessness, selfless example of our Lord Jesus Christ. Motivated by love that we receive and we start loving on others, the next logical step of that is service. Amen? We're just simply reflecting the love of Christ to the others. We're simply following the lead of our Lord Jesus Christ. Serving is our calling. 
Amen? Have you been serving? What can you do to resemble the Lord's number one reason for him to come here? Not to be served, but to serve us. Let's take a moment in prayer to respond. Just respond to the message you have heard in your own words. However God prompted you, whatever he prompted you through the message, whether it's the basis, whether it's the barrier, whether it's the motive, let us be open and humble to the leading of the Spirit who lives in you, the word that he spoke, the understanding and even discernment that he is imparting to you. My brothers and sisters, I simply encourage you to respond. Respond in your prayer and in certain actions, how you could resemble the servant who came to save us, to serve us. Let's pray. God, every time we think about the cross, every time we are reminded of the gospel, what is our response? What do we feel? What do we tell ourselves? We have eternal life. We're set for eternity. We got a ticket to heaven. Oh God, when we are saved, when we are forgiven and restored and have this meaningful relationship, the real live relationship with our God. God, you have given us and placed us our spiritual home in the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when you placed us in the local body, it is not for us to just be there. But just like any part of the body, we play a significant, unique role as God, you already designed. With your plan and purpose in us, you equip us the gift, the talents, and that is to use for the body, for the Lord. Because serving you and your body is our calling. You died on the cross, not only just to give us eternal life, but to redeem us and place us in your kingdom. To live a life here on earth like we live in heaven already, not yet, but here. Lord God, will you remind us if we understand cross, we serve you and your body. There is no place for I. There is no question about me it's not about me it's not about my thoughts my plans but it is God yours are higher infinitely better and you have a plan for us for me to serve you and your church
So God, will you refresh our love for you and help us to re-engage your body, your church, our brothers and sisters in loving way. And through that love, help us to see how we can serve one another, how we can patch the holes that we see in our body. Because Lord, this is our home, spiritual home. This is our own body. This is our own family. So God, I pray that you will engage us again, remind us again that serving you, serving your body is our number one call. Because we serve you and love you and we lead others to do the same. That's the calling we receive. God, I pray that you will bless our time of fellowship that will come shortly after in our time of members meeting. And I pray that you will bless each and every one of us, your people, to go back to our places, whether it's home, work, school, or in our community. Help us to love you, serve you, and serve the people that you place in, in our lives. God, we thank you. We thank you for this worship. Thank you for the building. Thank you for your grace. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.